Hi, this is Pastor Tim Crick, and you are listening to the weekly sermon podcast of Holy Trinity Evangelical Lutheran Church in Newington, New Hampshire, a part of the ELCA, Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. You can find us online at www.htelc.com. We worship on Sunday mornings at 8.30 and 11 a.m., where you are never too late and there is always room for one more. We hope you can join us sometime, and we hope you find the sermon you're about to listen to helps you to understand and experience the depths of God's love for you and the entire world. Thanks for listening. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 10th chapter. Now as Jesus and his disciples went on their way, he entered a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he was saying. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks. So she came to Jesus and asked, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. So I've set my teleprompter and fast, and I'll see if I can keep up. First of all, I want to say that I really want to thank you for having me here today to preach with you, because this community has always been special to me, uh, especially after the death of Judy, my wife. Um, I love being with you, so thank you for letting me be here. The other reason that I enjoy being here is I'm a terrible parishioner. And by that I mean I know too much. So when I sit in a pew listening to somebody else preach a sermon, I'm not very good at it. Judy used to say that she could tell how many times I disagreed with the pastor on the sermon by how many times I flinched during the sermon. Now, Elise hasn't admitted to that yet, but, but she has seen me roll my eyes at least once. So I hope that there's no eye rolling or flinching here, but if you want to, go right ahead. We're in the period of the church called Pentecost, or also called Ordinary Time, a time of growth as symbolized by the green on the altar and on the podium here. It's a symbol of the growth not only of the church itself, but our own individual growth as Christians. Today's lesson focuses on two sisters, Mary and Martha, who live in Bethany, just a scant four miles from Jerusalem, about an hour's walk from their house to the great temple in Jerusalem. Jesus has already told his disciples that he's going to go to Jerusalem, where he's going to meet a certain more certain um, uh, destruction and death. And his disciples have already said, Lord, then don't go there. If if they're going to go after you, get away from there. But he's set on going. And as he enters Bethany, Mary and Martha welcome him into their house, for he is their Lord after all. Martha gets attentive with uh, doing the things that, that should be done for welcoming a guest especially a guest whom you love. But Mary 
continues to talk with Jesus sitting at his feet. And after Martha notices it, she says to, her, to Jesus, Lord, do you not know that my sister is not helping me like she's supposed to? Go and tell her that she should help me. Well, if the lesson stopped there, it would be a very trivial lesson. After all, I mean, in that day, women were supposed to take care of the house. We're supposed to prepare the meal for the men. They weren't supposed to sit like a man at Jesus' feet. So if we leave it like that, we might think, oh, this is just too small. Why are we even bothering? In the theater, there's a phrase that there are no small parts, just small actors. And by that, actors mean that every part in the play is, is necessary for the play to be successful. In the same way, in the Bible, there are no small passages in the Bible, just small listeners, because we're not really examining what the Bible is trying to tell us. Wallace Sayer, a political science professor at Columbia, used to say, in any dispute, the intensity of feeling is inversely proportional to the value of the issues at stake. He then added, that's why academic politics is so bitter. We often argue about small little things. The theologian Sarah Diane Butler has extended that law to first century, uh, first century polity. As many of us women clergy have observed, she writes, wherever there is power, especially as perceived as being in limited supply, within a particular set of, set of the community, there's a great deal of competition for that power. Women in the first century Mediterranean world were largely segregated from the public co competition for honor that took place among men, but that in no way kept them away from the competition with their own small sphere, and that competition in their own sphere of the house could be fierce. Furthermore, she argues, the honor of the house depended on being a good host to those who stopped in, so that we should not shame Martha for doing what most men expected of her. So with that in mind, let's take a look at what Martha is saying here. As I said earlier, Martha was flummoxed by the fact that her sister was not helping her. She thought that her sister should take on the traditional role that she was taking on. Luke says even more uh, pithfully that, that, that she was being torn apart by her tasks. Think about that phrase. She was being torn apart by her tasks. Not just distracted. Literally, her, her tasks were taking her apart. Well, we don't have to be told about being torn apart by our tasks in this day and age of multitasking. Surely there are days when you have felt torn apart by the things you have to get done. I need help, you say. I want people to help me. And whatever we do these days, we are being torn apart in many directions, by work, by family, by church, by friends, by neighbors, by political parties, and so on. Why aren't others pulling their own share? 
I think the key to our Bible story for this morning is this sense of being torn apart in all our responsibilities, commitments, goals, and aspirations. So then what should we do about it? Rather than being successful multitaskers so that we wind up with so much stress that we can't think straight, Jesus' words tell us that there's a refreshing break from the self-imposed regime of impossible expectations. Martha, Martha, Jesus says. He's not scolding her, but rather trying to soothe her. Martha, you are so worried and confused by so many things that you think you have to do. He has listened deeply to her concerns and knows what lies behind them, that feeling of being dragged in every direction. That's important. When he talks to her about not doing the right thing, it's not scolding, but rather a prescription for her health, an antidote for her stress and confusion. You need only one thing, Jesus says. Choose what Mary has chosen. But what has Mary chosen? In the translation we have here in our bulletin for today, it says Mary has chosen the better part, which implies that Martha has chosen the worst part. This does not convey the deep meaning that Jesus has in mind. It would be better to say Mary has chosen the righteous part, or Mary has chosen the God-pleasing part. For both serving and observing God are proper roles for Christians. St. Ambrose, who lived in the fourth century, said of Mary and Martha, virtue does not have a single form. In the example of Mary and Martha, there's added the busy devotion of the one and the pious attention of the other. Both are needed. In the same way the contemporary theologian Caroline Lewis has written, when we have both of these ways of service in mind, we realize that faith is seasonal. There is a time for doing and a time for listening, a time for practice and a time for learning. Because service, learning is, service and learning are both hallmarks of Jesus' mission, this is what God wants for us, a time of both learning and a time of service. In my first parish, we were neighbors with a congregational parish who was celebrating their sesquicentennial, sorry, sesquibicentennial, their 250th anniversary. And they invited all the uh, other churches to, to join in their celebration on the town green. When we got there, the, the pastor started with her remarks about the church before we got started with the picnic. And she said that in her research, she had found out that the, uh, the church certainly had been like most, uh, most Puritan churches in that they certainly were very strict in their religious practices. For example, not even uh, on Christmas celebrating with, with presents or with a feast. But on the Sabbath day, on Sunday, when they got together for worship, after their worship services, which could last a couple of hours, but after the worship service, they would gather on the green, the women sitting and knitting and talking, 
the men talking about the weather or crops or, or, or politics and the children playing. That was a day where they really took off and did nothing else but relax. They understood the difference between when it was time to be a Martha and a time to be a Mary. We live in an age when many of us, like Martha, are feeling we're being pulled apart. Our smartphones and our constant, uh, our smartphones need constant attention. Our text messages come in flurries, and we get dinged if we don't answer our email fast enough. Even our children, it seems, are overscheduled. Jesus wants to let, let us let go of all that, let go of being pulled apart, because rather than being pulled apart, we are set apart by God for an amazing purpose, to be part of his love on earth, loving him with everything we have, and caring for this amazing world like we care for ourselves. Martha has chosen, Mary has chosen the set-aside portion, the godly portion, in a busy and unscheduled, overscheduled world, may we, all of us, Martha's and George's and all, do the same as Mary. Amen. And as a postscript, I want to read this little prayer from the New Zealand prayer book. Dear God, it is but lost labor when we hasten to rise early and so late take rest, and eat the bread of anxiety. For those beloved of God are even given gifts, even when we sleep. Amen. That's the sermon for this week. We hope from it you learned a bit more about God's love for you and the world. Please subscribe and rate our podcast to help us be found by and reach more people. Thanks for listening, and don't forget, you are loved.